Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Settle. Oh, Olivia, it's a lovely, bright Saturday afternoon, isn't it? Is it? It's I can never tell. I'm, as you know, um, near another building so I never get a sense of things until I actually go outside so that is true that is true well I can I can report that it is nice and bright outside um which is is lovely for January to be fair I like a I like a crisp winter's day very nice um yeah how, how are you doing how have you been um how have I been yeah fine um what have I done with my life um got, got some sushi yesterday some nice. matrix um we'll come back to that we can come back to that um what else have I done yeah just um just like the usual sort of January slog to be honest like just you know not spending any money and going swimming and you know stuff like that well interestingly I was having this conversation with a couple of people recently about the sort of January thing of people being like oh I'm not doing anything in January like I'm doing dry January or I'm like trying not to do as much blah 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 and I just actually uh really don't oh I don't agree with it like I I I don't I think if anything in January you should be doing more stuff because January is so miserable that like you need to fill your time with, with 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 doing stuff and like like, you know start your new year like in a way that you that like gets you gets you you know off the bat running and like um I was talking to Adam about this morning my housemate friend and sister's boyfriend um and mm. uh, he was like yeah he's like I really don't agree with like new year I, I, I I'm I'm a, I'm a <laughs> he said he's a he's radically opposed to new year now um and he just that like you know years are 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 years and structures of like calendar are created to like make us believe that there are these like arbitrary like times when you have to like like things have to be a certain way you have to celebrate certain things and things have to be done by a certain time and you get like new year's resolutions which just most people never like keep and then you feel bad about the fact you haven't done something by a certain amount of time when actually all there is is existing and time moving and we should just be able to do whatever we want whenever we want and um feel like Every day is a new day. Every day is New Year, and you can just do what you want. So uh, that's what I, that's how I feel about uh, time at the moment. I mean, I I would totally love to subscribe to that. I guess for that to work, everybody has to be on that level because yeah. everything affects everything. So it's like if everybody was in the same sort of like party mood we haven't spent loads of money at Christmas because we didn't believe in Christmas um you know the sort of pomp and circumstance and gift giving of Christmas um we did not subscribe to like particular times of year for virtuousness and particular times of year for excess then there'll be more like fun events going on in January and holidays and you know if um nothing time was an illusion then it would be summer and we'd be outside having beers so you know I feel like I feel like I can subscribe to that um theoretically but then um on on a level it's maybe a bit more difficult to maintain but I I agree with that and I think that you know um being very sort of like puritanical due to like arbitrary times of year is maybe like not the one um especially you know following following Christmas because like why do that to ourselves but I just find that it naturally just sort of falls that way and people are a bit more like into sort of hibernating there's less stuff going on and it's more just sort of like a month to 
a month to sort of get through which is a little bit depressing in a sense but um but that's, that's how that's what my experience of January has always been so maybe you know events organizers people out there we need to reframe January it needs a rebrand and a refresh <laughs> yeah exactly this is what I'm saying like I agree that with you that that is the case and that is how most people are but yeah January January the re-up you know I think uh, it needs it needs some work we need to take January back to the the drawing board and uh and see what we can do with it punch it yeah, up I think punching like- up <laughs> It really does. Um, I think I would like to be um, one of those people who go away somewhere really far flung in January for like a long time. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't think I could ever be someone who spends Christmas somewhere completely not here. Yeah. Um, maybe, but not. that's not something that I like really long for. I'd like to just sort of do the Christmassy bits here. And then as soon as it's like maybe 28th, 29th, get on the plane solid three weeks yeah and then come back and January is basically gone I think that's a really good way to do it my uh, one of my cousins does that always goes on like a holiday after Christmas and I always think that's such a nice idea and like he's just yesterday got to Mexico and he's going to be in Mexico for two weeks I was like oh stunning yes you're doing it right Rob you know what you're doing if we can't stop January then we need to reframe January for ourselves. So um, I I agree with Adam, your housemate, sister's boyfriend and friend, that um, work needs to be done on January. And I'm part of the problem. So um, yeah, we all are. So yeah, exactly. although I, I'm not doing dry January because I'm just not. Because nah, it, um, it's not something I I will ever do. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, but you know, fine, do do what you want and let me do what I want. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that we have- Oh also Oh yeah. Um, I just want to um, let the record show that after our discussion last week, here you are indeed wearing mod print. So yes. you have you've come good on some of your January goals. I'm pleased you uh I'm pleased you noticed. I was hoping, I was like, I'm not gonna mention it, I'm gonna see if she brings up the mod print. <laughs> I'm wearing a, a, t- a long sleeve tee with a nice uh, black and white checkerboard down the side. So yeah, we're we're uh, we're doing 2022 right already. So um, I hope you're all proud of me. Um, anyway, now that we've set January to rights, um, and you know that this is probably the last January it's going to be like this. Um, what are you yeah. living and longing for in in this January? So um, we'll come to this um, a little bit more um as the as the podcast progresses progresses as you have said but I am absolutely living for so as I mentioned I went to see Matrix Resurrections last night and the best bit in my opinion of Matrix Resurrections was Simulate. Ah, don't don't I loved <laughs> that so much it was ridiculous so stupid I did to 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 uh, like hands up transparency as ever. I did know about that before going in, um, and oh, okay. uh, when I went in, a uh, person I watched a film with um, just like grabbed me when it came on. We were like, ah! <laughs> like there it is, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, yes, that is a very good living for, and it's so 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 funny and very. We'll get onto it, but very indicative of the movie itself. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Simulate put it on the list for no depression because that was amazing. Um, and longing for, so um, again, this is um, in reference to what we were talking about in January as being like the month of no bits and the events planners really have to like step their game up. But hopefully this is going to happen in February because what I am longing for is my belated 
birthday, which is going to be um, at Contact Theatre for Pex Drag Kings. So yeah. I can't remember if we've spoken about this before. Maybe we have, but um, I don't think I've been to anything sort of queer performance arty since December when I went to see... Um, some of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race at the Albert Hall, which was amazing. But I'm feeling that need, yeah. you know, that need needs to be fulfilled once again. And um, I've wanted to see Pex for ages and I just want to like go out, out, you know, just want to do that. So I'm really looking forward to that and seeing some of our mates who we've not seen for probably like six months, a hot minute. So I think yeah. that will be um, very restorative, fingers crossed for no Omicrons etc 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 so yeah that is my longing for this yeah week. what are uh, your well I mean I too just to you know add to that I'm very much looking forward to that I think it'll be loads of fun and I know what you mean like nice to go to a proper like queer event that'll be really fun with a bunch of queers and then go out um out out which is one of our absolute favorite things to do because uh this is 31 slash 32 um sorry but <laughs> well no I'm not sorry Time, like I said, time just, it's just existence. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> um, what am I living long for? Right. So I'm living for, uh, I think this is literally, that's like a, a new thing that has just, just occurred and like the timeline is going mad for is um, Lady Gaga was in this like sort of Zoom round table with a bunch of like other actors and they were sort of just discussing different things. I think it was literally yesterday or the day before, but it's really been like doing the rounds, especially this morning. Um, and she says this line about how uh, she she goes like, has anyone else ever like, you know, drank like a props drink and then felt drunk, even though it's not a real drink? Because I have like, I always feel so drunk when I drink a props drink. And everyone in the in the Zoom is just like, what? And um, uh, Kirsten Dunst just goes, hmm. And it's honestly so funny. And it's just like, so Lady Gaga, like showing herself as like, she's got like, music artist I saw someone um phrase it like this she's got like music artist brain but she's really trying to like have actor brain so she's really trying to like right. say the things that like she thinks this is why her press like tours are always so insane and stuff and I just love that she keeps giving to us um these insane things and everyone is just obviously the memes are going wild for uh, like me after one prop drink or whatever and stuff like that is so good so I, I've just been living for that this morning it's very uh, very much entertained me uh, and you know we just love to see Gaga being Gaga forever and I and I, I really hope that that never ends. Yeah and as you know there can be a hundred people in a room 99 of them won't get drunk off the props drink <laughs> but one of them will. There can be a hundred prop strings in a room. <laughs> One of them will be vodka. <laughs> oh God. Um, so yeah, no, she is the, the absolute gift that keeps on giving. And yeah. I don't know if you saw my um, repost this morning on Instagram. I wait every year for the gay cella um, lineup to be announced. Yeah. And um, this year, very much looking forward to um, go and see live um, Lady Gaga's Italian accent, um, who will be, <laughs> on the main stage at Gay Cella. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. It's very funny. It's um, basically our collective dream festival um, lineup. Um, Shania Twain saying, let's go girls and then leaving. Um, Britney Spears, you know, just everything that we want and need. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Get us to that fest ASAP Rocky. Um, Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. And I'm longing for, right. I'm going to absolutely expose myself as a huge nerd right now, but I don't mind. Um, uh, so uh, 
there's finally a date for you know they've made like a lord of the rings tv show which will be coming out later this year um no <laughs> no <laughs> so i'm a huge lord of the rings fan i'm sure no one will be surprised to learn um that just <laughs> <laughs> oh shock of the century um I, I have recently described it as one of the cornerstones of my personality, which I don't think is an overstatement. Um, and recently did a full rewatch and then very much enjoyed that, which I always do. And I think it's just like funny to rewatch something that has so much like nostalgia built built into it um, that like you can't help but like, like nothing makes me feel like that series does. It's so funny, like how how much is wrapped up in it for me. But anyway, they're doing a TV show, which I'm not like... You know, I'm I'm longing for it. I, I'm longing for it, but apprehensively, because you know how I feel about like uh, returning to IP and stuff, and I'm very, very like not on board with that in general. Um, so I find that very difficult. But the world of Lord of the Rings is like huge, and it should be doable to do something really good with it. So finally, there's a release date, which I think was just uh, released today or yesterday uh, for of September the second. So obviously, it's quite a while to wait, but. I am intrigued to see what they're going to do. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but I am longing for it. Um, and I'm really intrigued as to, you know, all the conversations we've had about people returning to IP and blah, 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 and like remaking stuff or making something in a similar world. I'm thinking, are, is there going to be any queerness? Are they going to try and queer some of like the characters and stuff? Like, or are they going to keep, no, they're not even going to bother doing that. But like, you know, this whole sort of, tick box exercise we've talked about a lot um wondering if that will transpire as well in the show so very intrigued to see what happens there so is it going to be some of the same characters from lord of the rings as far as i'm aware no it's set like thousands of years before kind of thing um so okay because i was going to ask are there any characters that like you could see easily queered you know from lord of the rings if they were to extend that franchise like if you were to set out your stall and say you know these are the characters that I think could be like yeah would well you... I mean if 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 you've ever been somebody who has watched a lot of Lord of the Rings like me about a thousand million times um there's a lot of like uh, I mean I love to queer anything obviously and I always think there's a lot of like uh homoerotic uh subtext within some of the main relationships within lord of the rings literally as i was re-watching them just over the past couple of weeks the amount of times i go snog 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 is many times <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um so no that i don't think there won't be like some there won't be like the same characters in that sense um but i can definitely see them doing some queer queerness because i just feel like that's the the done thing now isn't it which is good and you know this is a com- complicated conversation we have had a million times but I'm very very uh, intrigued to see wh- how that how that transpires so yeah that is what I am longing for stunning and I guess um that's a natural point to sort of dive into the matrix in every sense of the word because <laughs> that's something that um is part of this latest film um I would I would say and obviously you know there's a lot of um as we were sort of discussing off mic law and you know readings of the matrix as being trans allegory and obviously you know it's created by a queer person and how that has sort of um been influenced over time as the franchise has sort of moved on um 
but you know what what was your what was your sort of top line takeaway from the film and I wondered if you could like speak more to that particular side of the film because it was something that I noticed and like like you say I mean I think I think Matrix is you know a particularly sort of queer film and franchise anyway so it was unsurprising and I wouldn't say it's that sort of tick box thing that you maybe get in some other series where it feels a lot more sort of cumbersome um but it's always that push and pull thing of being like you know has this just been sort of inserted as an afterthought or is this sort of part of the DNA of a piece of art and I would like to think that for something like the matrix it's the latter but there's also the idea of like when queer characters are um sort of when queer characters are are explored in film I think there's this again push and pull thing of you know we don't want to objectify queer characters queer storylines um and make them kind of overly sexualized because that's something that you know historically we've kind of fought against but then also there's this idea of queer censorship at the same time and how you sort of see you know you you can watch thousands of bots drop to dead their deaths from the sky but you never see one queer kiss in that film um yeah discuss that there were just some things that um we were discussing last night um but yeah you don't, you don't need to discuss that but just you know tell me what you think yeah no um so right uh i am a h- huge matrix fan this is this is this is a this is lucy is a nerd episode evidently so <laughs> but here we go um yeah huge huge fan always have been um recently rewatched the first one in the cinema for the first time which was really cool because i'd never seen it in the cinema and that was great and i just think as a film is five out of five, 10 out of 10 banging film. Um, and yeah, was so, so, so intrigued going into this, what it was going to be like, um, because I'd heard a lot of chat about it. There was a lot of talk and a lot of people saying they didn't like it um, and that it was crap. And then a lot of people being like, oh, it's amazing if you're a fan. Um, and just really wondering what the takeaway from that was going to be. And as you know, and and also a huge part for me was like, yeah, what's the queer element going to be like? Because, yeah. um, you know, the, the the queerness is is very integral to the Matrix because of the Wachowskis and their experience. And like, that is what, why the, the film is, is made, uh, you know, they have, they have said themselves, like not, not, not overtly and not, not, not completely clearly, but they have been like, yeah, you know, this, it is a representation of, our experiences as trans people um so so but obviously first matrix is made by by the siblings this matrix was only made by lana so uh lily is not involved with the matrix anymore so um yeah so (laughs) just as a general overview of the film i thought that like the first act was bananas uh but completely like ridiculously fun if you're a fan of the series because it's stupid and funny you've got simulate you've got a cat that is called deja vu like it, yeah it, it, blah, just like stupid, it's stupid so self self-referential and sort of knowing and um and and then 
essentially the middle sort of act lost me for about half an hour. I was kind of bored. Um, and then by the end, it was like super fun, like Matrix stuff of like the fight yeah. and the action and all of that. And you get to see Neo and Trinity and they're wearing leather again and you love it and all of that. And like, that's that's what you want. Um, and they want to paint the sky with rainbows. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. So um, ultimately, uh, as a film, just to 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 do that first... Um, I think it's really important to know the context of the fact that Warner Brothers basically said to Lana Wachowski that they would make another Matrix film with or without her on board. And essentially, she obviously didn't want someone else to do it, which is fair enough. You don't want someone to like touch your baby. But when somebody says like, we're going to, you know, we're going to mess about with your idea because we can, because we own it. Um, and your option is either you do it or someone else does it. You're going to do it even if in your head it's been like put to bed. Like, you know, you feel like yeah. it's still- so that's why I the think less, that the first, lesser of the evils. Yeah, exactly. And I think so that first act to me is essentially like a big middle finger to Warner Brothers of like, well, fuck you then. I'm just going to do this stupid shit. And like, yeah, I'm just going to diss you for 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to diss you. I'm going to reference everything. I'm going to make it really dumb and stupid. And I find that quite, I think, I think that's really fun um, that, that that's what she did. Um and then it's kind of like the end bit is sort of more like, oh, if I could make another Matrix, what would the story kind of be? Oh, okay, I guess it would sort of be this. Because like ultimately the Matrix as a, as a franchise, as a series, is has always and ultimately always will be like an intense like love story. So um, it's always going to be about Neo and Trinity. But I do think that they... Um, it, 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 it missed on a few fronts in the sense that like, in my opinion, the stakes were not very high. Um, in terms of like what was at stake compared to previous matrixes so it kind yeah. of like wasn't as um like gripping in that sense um yeah like once they'd both been woken up it was just like neil patrick harris being a bit cross yeah exactly <laughs> yeah totally um and like it's but yes but yeah so ultimately as a film not in my opinion not great but a lot of fun initially um and a lot to like talk about afterwards which is always fun um I think that moving on to the queer stuff so you know the matrix part one and all of the matrix and still into resurrections the the ultimate like idea and like uh strain that runs through it is the 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 need for existence uh, of like true identity beyond physical form. So like that is what it is, has always explored is explored. Like where is your true identity beyond the, the thing that you live within? So like that is, you know, and that is why matrix one is like a trans, like can be read as a trans allegory. Um, you know, when, when they made the original matrix, they were not, they were closeted. They hadn't come out at all. So it was very sort of like, you know like subtle and stuff and in a sense it wasn't written like we're gonna write this as a trans allegory but just because of personal experience in terms of identity and it bled into it yeah it does it bleeds into it um and yeah but now it's like you know Lana Wachowski is an out trans um director and it's so cool that somebody gets to like make the same sort of live in that same sort of world but be like here it all is way more obvious like here it is yeah. and I really really enjoyed that um I thought it was so funny that like so going back like the beginning of the the film you've got Neo still living in the matrix 
um, and he's a game developer, and he's he's developing a game called Binary, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Everything was so on the nose, and but I don't yeah. mean that in like, but it but it was, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Because I know I've said that about like uh, and just like that and stuff. I was like, oh, it's too on the nose, but this is like self self referentially on the nose. Like it knows it's being on the nose. It, it knows of the kind nose. Of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I definitely felt that like when um, he had all of his screens and you could just see binary and giant yeah. green sort of yeah. um and they like really- code print. Yeah, and they really hammered home this kind of idea of um, uh, the, the the binary, the choice, the fact that there is one or the other. And then eventually, basically, the message is like, no, there isn't one or the other. There's like... It's whatever, an illusion. It's an illusion. There's whatever you need it to be, which I, I think is, you know, metaphorically, you know, you can, we can see that, can't like... Yeah, can and... and it, an idea of like truth, truth and predestination yeah. as well. Yeah. Like you, you can, you can fight it and you can, you can pick another thing, but ultimately like all roads lead to what is the truest thing. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think um, it is fun to read that into it and to like read that, like, you know, you get to see all these people existing and like losing the shackles of like what existence tells them they have to be um to then exist in their in their pure proper form um whatever that is um at, like as an identity as opposed to a physicality um and that is uh i just always have loved that about matrix and i think is a great um you know and you can read it as queer obviously uh but you know you can read it just as in general um about anybody's identity um and yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was fun i i i read an interesting uh sort of review uh blog like blog review um on reverse shot by sam bodrajan um which is entitled fear of flying i'll put it in the notes yeah and this is um like written by a trans person um and is a really great like breakdown of how it felt for them as a trans person watching resurrections as a huge matrix fan um and uh their sort of uh takeaway is that like it was maybe not like kind of like what you said like it was maybe there was maybe not enough done with it even um that you could have done more yeah so they say at one point um the trap Rachowski rather understandably falls into time and again throughout the film, a trap so easy to fall into as a trans person surrounded by persistence and silent death, is that we cannot verbalise what we feel into existence and must instead urge ourselves to speak in code, relive, relive suffering in order to keep our ghosts alive. So they are talking about the fact that like, it, there's this constant like, oh, Trinity's going to die or uh, Neo, there's like a huge thing you've got to do. And it's like always like suffering, suffering, suffering. Um, and that there, and that, there's not like this outward like um verbalization of of their like existence but you know but it's it's a film so i don't know how much you 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 would do that but it's a really good article i would recommend reading it um and i will put that in the notes definitely but yeah what did you what did you think of uh, of it in 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 general or in in those in those ways like the queerness of it what were your takeaways yeah i think i think that there could have been 
there could have been more it could have been more um overt not not least because of you know that would fit in well with the plot but also um so there's there's kind of like two lines that run through this there's you know how we think about the story and how that's queered and how we can sort of um build that into the narrative well into a you know a narrative that's already very queer but also just you know thinking about it as a film how we think about any films that are made in 2022 you know how can it be more inclusive and diverse and how can we you know think of how to best tell these stories that you know um resonate with lots of different people and I think in some ways um it succeeds and in other ways it doesn't and there's you know I I sort of agree slightly with um with the point that was just made in that article this idea of you know that still is quite pervasive which is you know living in the shadows still sort of coded language or physicality and I think you know for the fourth film I think that could have been extended a little bit more like there was part of me that really liked the sort of casualness and fluidity of queerness that sort of permeates the whole film where you do believe that you know any of these characters could be queer they probably all are in some way and you know that that's that's sort of welcomed into the world of the matrix but it isn't really exposed in an overt way and part of me likes so you know like with um with Bugs's character, um, you sort of get the sense that they're in a relationship with that other cadet who's like got all of those um, curvy grips in. I can't remember what their name is. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) um, and they sort of like, have a little hug towards the end when um trinity is like getting reborn and then they like clap eyes on each other at the same time like neo and trinity after all of this time after they've like got her out of the slime um and you know i don't know like i just i just thought oh you know that's nice how it's sort of like woven in it's very sort of normalized but then part of me part of me for this world of sort of fantasy and allegory just wanted a little bit more like it i just felt like it it could have done it could have done more yeah was it was it bad did it completely not deliver on those things no but um, yeah, there was just part of me that, that did want more. I, I I really liked how it hit a lot of bases for the fans, given that this is the fourth film and all of the circumstances that you cite, how we have that first chunk where it really is sort of like satirical, self-referential, sort of jokey. But after sort of half an hour, 40 minutes of it, I was getting a bit concerned that that was going to be how the whole film was yeah. going to be. And I was like, you know, I, I, I get it. And it's really funny and it's doing a job, but ultimately like this needs to, to like get proper now like it yeah, needs to yeah. sort of you yeah, know this can't go on for another be. this can't go on for another two hours yeah <laughs> yeah I was like this film finishes at 11 10 yeah it's a long film so <laughs> exactly. I was like I need I need it to sort of um to go into another sort of state of play and it definitely did do that um I I completely agree with you that um there wasn't enough set up in terms of like the what's at stake element um but then also like like other people are saying you know if if it is this sort of allegorical um story does it need to be sort of constant high stakes and suffering but then like you say it is a film and we do need to go on that roller coaster for it to feel like you know it's worth it and we see this love story triumph and all of those things and it's like by the fourth film you just have to be um 
you just have to accept the fact that like that is how yeah. the film functions yeah um and it's always it's always going to function in that in that way but yeah I, I think and I guess as well at the end the end sort of fell a bit flat for me because of that reason so there wasn't really like that much to overcome particularly yeah and because of so much of the setup in the first bit was all like funny bits we sort of lost that like ascension into the into the drama and then there was just like a bit of drama and then it was resolved and like trinity was flying and it was all quite nice um and they were talking about the rainbows in the sky and they were just like haha you know we can do what we like now we're gonna make our world see neil patrick harris and you know on on one level i like that but maybe if there'd been more drama that had preceded it that would have felt more satisfying i guess yeah no i completely i completely agree um i think that like um you know you have to have a knowledge of the matrix to watch this film which is like fine things don't films don't have to exist like on their own but like if you just watched that one and you hadn't really watched the matrix or you hadn't watched it for a while or you you didn't really remember and stuff i don't see how you would be bought into their like love story i did i didn't think that it like was like overtly obvious like i think we that it's only through my knowledge of of them as like neo and trinity that like i was like you know you're rooting for them i just felt like it didn't have that much i also think that trinity in 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 herself was not used enough and that like if the film had been it's always about like every character in that unfortunately i think in my opinion was like a vehicle again for neo's like story and if we it would have been really fun like in the end you know when he can't fly but she can these spoilers by the way um (laughs) like that is like you know that's a cool moment like for her character but it'd be way cooler if like the whole film was about like her like come through and like her like build up and stuff um and it's like why why can she fly now like i get it a bit but it's like why do hasn't been as much of an arc why do we care about that like so much apart from it just being the opposite it just not being the case for neo so um yeah and it's like oh you you decided that she needs to like stop going to the coffee shop with her simulation family basically um and then she's flying about it like mm, yeah 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 yeah, exactly so yeah no I totally agree but um yeah overall if if you're a fan of Matrix or um you know uh you want to watch something that's really really fucking dumb for about 45 minutes I would uh highly recommend it Yeah, I think I think it is very for the fans. And even if the fans walk away being completely, um, you know, maddened by it, there's so much to go at. And that's part of the satisfaction of the Matrix. So, you know, whether or not you in inverted commas like it or dislike it, there is so much meat on the bones. So I think, um, yeah, if if you have a pre-existing interest in the matrix like it is a must see um yeah so yeah um it was it was time well spent i would say on the whole um <laughs> right so we have done the matrix um as is our in. want now we're plugging yeah in. we're plugging out well we're plugging back into um the privileged manhattan night lives of our favorite um 50 somethings and let's do an episode recap actually it's probably two episodes that um because last time we hadn't watched the most recent one because we were about to watch it with our Chinese takeaway so we watched that and then we watched the most recent one so we sort of have two um so there was there was the Diwali episode which was the previous week and then there was this week's um episode which sees Carrie write her sad book um yes and um also the 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 um reuniting of 
Che and Miranda after a three-month hiatus. Mm. So Lucy, take it away with your top lines. <laughs> so yeah, um, obviously... Uh, okay so yeah I've forgotten that obviously we haven't actually seen that that Diwali episode before uh before um last week's recording so yeah the my main takeaway from that episode is how much uh, how how much and it should have been my living for to be honest if I'd remembered those dream sequences the um the the sort of uh wanking daydreams of Miranda's um remembering uh what had happened with Che in the kitchen Oh my God, so funny. We were losing our minds. Like, and my, my friend, Rhiannon, friend of the podcast, um, literally texted me as soon as, as soon as she watched it. She was like, have you seen this bit? <laughs> I was like, yes, I have. It's ridiculous. So stupid, but so like, uh, I, feel, I feel enriched to, to have seen that, even though it was stupid. Um, but I, yeah. I love that loads. And it was very um, Shane, Shane, Carmen, Carmen, you know, that sort of famous um, scene from the L word where they finally get it on for the first time. And then they have all these sort of like dream reenactments where the sound effects is just Shane, Shane, Carmen, Yes, it was all of that, but just without the that audio element. But it was just, you know, like big white liminal space and lots of... <sighs> like just yeah perfect. like this, yeah. this is Mar- this is Miranda's new queer heaven and yes, she has arrived exactly. so good angel. so good so I love that bit um uh yeah I, I uh I don't really I mean in terms I think you know for the pod we should be keeping it on like the queer the queer elements mainly um yeah and, agreed, agreed. um yeah so and then with this most recent one I watched it last night or yesterday um and yeah so Miranda is feeling some sort of way because uh, Che's never messaged back on the DMs and they messaged like three mm-hmm. months ago. And then eventually mm-hmm. they, they, but you know, and, and Miranda's feeling very, um, you know, she's still struggling. She's struggling with Steve. Um, they, there's a, there's a, there's a scene in a kitchen again um, where she sort of, you know, tries to just like, right, I'm going to reclaim like our sex life and tries to like, yeah, um, st- you know, start something with Steve. And he's kind of like, oh, and he's like, not sure. And then she's like, oh, finger me. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, OK. And he like washes his hands. And then there's this kind of like I, I saw someone uh, on, on Twitter tweet like, look, I can buy into Miranda having like a midlife crisis, but I can't buy into the fact that Steve would be bad at fingering. <laughs> Yeah, and we we also we also love a king who prioritizes sexual health and pH balance. Like he's washing those hands, (laughs) making sure that you know hygiene is at the forefront. And um, I do feel you know as 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 much as I want um, Miranda to um, pursue her own like sexual desires and get get where she needs to go, I can't help but wonder. I can't help but feel that they have done Steve so dirty in yes. all of this. So basically, you know, it's fine. Like this is part of the difficulties of life that, you know, we do have breakups and we do go in different directions in our lives. And I think, you know, explore the difficulty of that without either villainizing the other person or making them into a bumbling idiot, yes. which is what they've done with Steve. And Steve, Steve is, you know, silly he can you know sometimes put his foot in his mouth but he is not an idiot yes thank you Um, that's that's, I feel the exact same way like I've always loved Steve's character I think he's like a lovely goofball and I love that um and I I I feel like they're doing him really wrong and I really don't like that like it's not fair no they're turning him into a 
buffoon like when they're at the um the vegetable market the yes! produce market oh my god and that whole thing with like the wallet and you know she was shouting at him and all of those things and I was just like they're turning him into this sort of character that everyone gets the ick over to make yeah. it fine for Miranda to then leave but you know that's that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be this sort of you know black and white thing of you know Steve bad Miranda queer what yes, like that's not that's the the two aren't you know mutually ex- exclusive and I think that what would have been more powerful is that you know we see Steve as um, a confident attractive you know man who is in his 50s he's a great dad he's all the things that he was you know in the main series he's a great guy he's funny he's all of these things but you know it's just not right for them anymore and how do they sort of extrapolate themselves from that relationship in um you know a loving way whilst Miranda sort of does what she needs to do like don't make him into an idiot for the comfort of the audience like give the audience a bit more credit because I think you know a lot of times people go through divorces and breakups and sort of family changes whilst not, you know, villainizing the other person. I think that's actually more powerful than what they have done, which is just make it very sort of binary, like Steve bad, therefore Miranda can go and do. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. Um, and it is um, uh, a shame in 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 uh, what they've done there writing wise. I don't, don't, don't agree with it. Um, yeah, so... So yes, you've got Miranda doing that. And then um, eventually they run into Che at this sort of gala event um, ah, and, and has to, and he's trying to like play it cool. But then Che's like, why are you, why are you being weird? Whatever. And then uh, they're like, oh, well, you, you didn't message me back. And, and they were like, oh, when did you message me? Like three months ago. And she's like, oh, um, Che's like, oh, I get a lot of DMs. And then they're like, and then they go, <laughs> there they go, three months. I've done a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just what what a line! I just how did that get? I don't know. That's so funny to me though that that is like the excuse they they give, um, and I love that. Well, they so make much. that very much like part of Che's, you know, yes, personality and get out of jail free card because yeah. you know Che Che in a lot of ways like is not a, is not a good person, but they're sort of allowing Che's character to be sort of redeemable with this sort of line that they pull out every yeah. sort of third scene which is that they're just stoned all the time therefore yeah. they could just do what they like yeah um, yeah and you know I don't know and it and it, it's this sort of like this sort of reach that they've done of sort of making Steve into this stupid character which is then making us feel more fine about like the next scene where we find that they're in bed again for the second time yeah and you know I I want Miranda to follow her dreams absolutely but there needs to be some kind of like adult responsibility here and um the way that they've sort of framed all of these characters is just allowing this to go on without any sort of like adult repercussions which I find to be quite annoying yes no I agree I totally agree um I did want to say that though they did absolutely nod to the queer community and specifically um to a, a woman realizing that, that that they might be a bit a, a bit queer in, in 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 the moment when uh post-coital uh having you know not seen each other for three months only having uh you know had some sex in the kitchen and now sex in whatever this this room was um Miranda going I think I'm in love with you <laughs> A classic. I was like, yeah, good, good job there. Like, <laughs> like 
<laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong. See, we've seen that before, haven't we? So um, I thought that was very funny. It made me laugh so much. Like, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right though. There's this disappointment in how they are uh, casting all the characters around Miranda's uh, realizations and and. Uh, uh, her coming to terms with her identity etc which is disappointing um and her god who knows where it will go i i don't it doesn't look like it doesn't look good for steve does it um in terms of how he's just being painted as this uh someone who it's reasonable to not want to be with kind of thing when i think he's actually you know from what we've always known of him a lovely nice like man so uh yeah yeah and he's he's such he's a key player he's a real key player the world of sex in the city you know he came into the season i think maybe like season two or three like quite early on in the original and i just think like you know you wouldn't do this to any of the other characters why are you doing it to steve who actually like is the one that least deserves it so justice for steve i think whilst all whilst whilst at the same time wanting justice for you know miranda's sexuality but i think you can there's a way to have both yeah we deserve both and 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 they do too so yeah we'll keep an eye on that and um, we'll keep tabs on it and let you know what is going on there um now um i'm going to take this straight to i don't agree with it because my don't agree with it kind of uh links into and just like that and it's something that i wanted to raise with you um so it's time for i don't agree with it so from the first few episodes of Unjust Like That, and I meant to mention this when we talked about it the first time, but we were too busy just being like, ah! about the whole thing. Um, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot about TV shows and films and uh, new media that exists now in the past couple of years. I don't agree with, I don't think I agree with, and I want to get your, your take on this, is um, I don't agree with like TV that has decided to mention the pandemic. <laughs> so like at the beginning of and just like that and stuff they're like oh yeah when we were in lockdown we were doing this and like oh the covid blah blah like the pandemic blah blah and i'm like can we just not like we don't it's not necessary to any plot like you can just say that you don't need it you can like like why have it um and i just don't agree with it i don't think it's a good move i think that every time i hear it i go like don't remind me like i don't want to know i'm trying this is my escape this is my escape from the constant hellscape that is our lives. So can we not like talk about it as well? But yes, yeah, so I was wondering what your take was on that. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't agree with it, especially not yet, maybe in time, but and maybe in the right context, like in a, in maybe like a film that is literally trying to be about pandemics or lockdowns or something like some sort of dystopian film or whatever, but not, 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 not in and just like that, leave them alone. I don't want to see it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I think that, you know, it's not going to add anything to the... It doesn't enrich in the plot in any way. Yeah. And it's also like, what what sort of annoys me about um, And Just Like That is that they sort of make it like they are aliens in a new world. Like, that they, they reference the pandemic all the time. But not only is the pandemic sort of like made their their sort of outlook on the world quite bizarre but it's also like I get that there's been you know however many years since the last film and certainly since the last series you know decades but these characters were supposed to believe have still been living in the world every single day since then so the fact that they that they talk about like podcasts and streaming services like it's <laughs> oh, you know, yes. these sort of 
just just quickly on that my brain like dropped outside my body when when um they said something about like oh if you if you had a tv series i would have i would have i would have been watching it on a streaming service by now and i was like yeah, oh, i would watch you on a streaming service can we not can we not yeah yeah it's like stop reminding us that streaming services exist exactly. stop reminding us that that dating apps exist as, yeah. and stop reminding us that podcasts exist like like we we're we know we we're know aware. like it's very much sort of you know part of how we live life now um but apparently the writers of Avengers like that are not aware of that. And it's a it's a strange new world of, you know, Tinder and Netflix. Um, so yeah, that's that's the sort of annoying component. I feel like they've sort of like a bit gotten over themselves with referencing the pandemic they a have, bit. They have, they and I, and I, I just wonder like when they were creating this, it was probably like just as we were sort of coming out to be able to film stuff. So, you know, it... <laughs> it was very much just like front of mind. And I think that some people have put that into their work because of the sort of trauma that they're living through, I guess, um, without maybe realizing the jarring effect that it then has a year on when we see it, like it's completely surplus to, to requirements. But yeah, I do think in something like, um, so I've seen it loads in TV series and stuff in the last sort of year or so since filming has taken place post the beginning of the pandemic. Like yeah. I've seen it in other things other than and just like that. But the first time that I had read about it being referenced was in Rosa Rankin G's book Dreamland, which I'm not sure if we've discussed on the podcast before. I think we probably have. Yeah. But um, that is a that's a dystopian novel um set in the near future and it made total sense to me that it was referenced in the context of that book and actually you know I felt that it was better for it because it was about imagining you know all of these how these sort of true events that we were living through now will be like transposed into a reality sort of 20 30 years on so it made it made complete sense but just I felt like they were like rehashing memes that would have been on Love of Huns two years ago. Like it's very just like a very specific state of mind that we were all in at a very specific time. And that that state of mind is so is so ever changing. Yes. To go back to those sort of like specific um, specific markers just feels boring surplus to requirements and just annoying so don't don't do it so I I agree yeah so that 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 is that is I I, that's what I mean like in terms of if it's in the right if if you know everything in its right place and in dreamland it made sense um that has reminded me that uh when you said book that the only other time I remember reading about it is at the end of a beautiful world where are you there's like the last sort of like oh yeah yeah they, they mention it in that as well and I do remember uh, that's Sally Rooney's newest book, by the way. Um, like I do remember being like, oh, my 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 skin going, oh. And I I love I love that book, but that element, I was like, no, don't do it. I don't want to know. Like I don't want to know. Um, but, but I think there's more of an argument to be made that that had a place in that book than in just like that because it was all about you know the world and environment and that's true. It was very sort of. It, it, it makes sense in the world of that book I think it could have not been there and have been yeah just be as good yeah, to have not had it in yeah. but um I think that it had slightly more relevancy there like th- there's just no place for um for a pandemic in the world of 
um Carrie Bradshaw I don't think so exactly. let's let's just not let's, let's just, just not. not exactly so that is what I don't agree with I'm glad that you also agree with me not agreeing with it what is your I don't agree with it so my I don't agree with it this week comes hot off the back of me watching the first episode of the second season of Euphoria ah! so there is so much to say we will not be diving deep into it this week because you know it's a matrix episode and a just like that episode and it's always a just like that episode but I think the main the main crux of next week's will probably be euphoria where we'll go over the first couple of episodes then we'll scoot back to it to do a whole reappraisal after the end of the season because it is a series that befits such attention in my opinion and yours absolutely yeah um uh just to say also that um I, I have not watched the first episode yet which is why another reason why we're not talking about it because i've been doing a series one rewatch um which i do just want to say what just stunning stunning stuff um i lost my mind watching that carnival episode again which i know we've talked about a few times on the pod before but to me just perfect flawless so uh yeah i'm very excited to watch it and then talk about it and i love that we've given everyone a little schedule there of events <laughs> how we will be addressing yeah, let's 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 keep people informed um we'll put it in your iCal so you know what to expect and when to expect it (laughs) yeah any cal that you've got that's that's (laughs) fine we're not we don't want to be too specific about what cal you use any cal is fine um so my don't agree with it this week is to do with euphoria and i'm conscious not to do spoilers obviously but what i will say is i've had a look around some of you know the reviews to get an idea of you know what the sort of cultural consensus has been and um what the zeitgeist what really irrit- saying. yeah exa- exactly exactly <laughs> and we, we all know how much i love the zeitgeist you know you're so, mad um yeah mad for it so what i will say about um the the sort of chatter around euphoria is the thing i don't agree with in terms of reviews and things is like people being pressed about euphoria when clearly euphoria is not for them and it really it really annoys me so so I think I think with reviews and things distinctions have got to be made as much as they can reasonably be made with you know individual opinion and circumstance and the distinction that I would make when reviewing something like euphoria it and and anything actually is I don't think that you can disagree with the ideology of something of like a a piece of art but I think that you can disagree maybe with the well I mean you can disagree with anything but I don't think it has a place in a review to disagree with the sort of ideology or what it's trying to explore but you, you can sort of disagree with maybe the execution so you can appreciate what the ideology is and say whether or not you think it delivers on that like I think that 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 you can be critical of but there's no point of a reviewer sort of being critical of what the inherent nature of a piece of art is, because I just think there's no point. Because yeah. then it's just, it's just personal opinion. Do you, am I am I being clear about what that yeah. distinction is? Like, no, you make right. sense. I know exactly what you mean. Um, so one of the one of the things that sort of irritated me was um, I, d- I don't like to like point out specific things, but I'm going to just to illustrate my point. 
um which Me, was you, um, pointing out specific things could never could never, <laughs> ne- could never be us but what has annoyed me is um, an article, a review that I read in The Guardian, and the headline is Euphoria Season 2 Review, Far Too Much Nudity, Sex and Violence. Yeah, I saw that one. What? Yeah. yeah, come on, come what? off it, come off it, come off it. Like, that's that's the show. Like, either... That's either, the show. Yeah, that's the show. Go, then go off that and talk about how it executes that and talk about yes, how, exactly. how, how it how it does sex, violence and drugs or whatever. Like, yeah, and I think that's that. like it's, it's like it's like going like, oh, Star Wars, too, too many spaceships and too many weird aliens look like fishes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I, I find it so, so bizarre because you're never going to like not everything that you review I suppose as a reviewer is going to be for you and I think there has to be there has to be an appreciation of that and you have to look critically about how it delivers on the things that it sort of like purports to explore and I think you know to shoot down euphoria for having too much sex and violence (laughs) is to deny the very nature of euphoria then it's just like you just don't like euphoria because that stuff's not interesting to you which is fine but fine but as a critic that's not what you're you're doing that's not what you should be doing people reading the reviews are not going to be interested in that they're going to be interested in like what your critical thinking is around what euphoria is trying to communicate you know to its audience um that's my opinion on opinions so um i don't agree with that um at all Perfect. No, I I I I agree as well. I think we we have the same lines there. Um, and yeah, just just bore off, you know. Just like do a do a better job. Like you're doing a bad job, basically. So, um, yeah, that, that that's that on that. Um, and again, not to be too spoilery, but um, a very very small spoiler is I was very pleased to see that an absolutely gorgeous scene in the first episode of Euphoria was um, punctuated by absolute classic. And I, I I think this has probably been a previous track of the week of either you or I, Ooh, definitely. Okay. But it's coming back again. I mean, maybe it hasn't, but I feel like it's so, it's so us. Do you so know one what, of us though? must have said it. Do you know what though? I, I I would love the idea that there's like doubles on on the playlist just because they've come back into Vogue. Like that they have to be there more than once. I like that. We can have yes. a double if it is. I'll I'll be able to tell you if it, if it has. Let's see. Go on then. What is it? What is it? It is. I would love to say friend of the podcast, but we could only wish. Um, Orville Peck, Dead of Night. Oh, is it? Oh, nice. Um, there is an Orville, but it's not that. It's um one of the other ones. Uh, I cannot remember which. It's Buffalo Run, I think um so oh, okay. yeah so but more of all never a problem um on a playlist and what yeah. a ultimate hun and icon we love you Orville forever yeah so if you um if you want to listen to our absolutely bananas playlist it's really going to take you on a journey you can find that on um, spotify if you search queer longing track of the week um and that has every single song that we've ever referenced on the three years that we've been doing this podcast so um it, it takes you from one end of the scale to the other very quickly and back again but you know if you can't be taken on a journey through this our podcast playlist then it's just not worth it. So, um, Olivia, life is, life is life and life is but 
a playlist of many multitudes and we contain them. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great playlist personally. But so do I. I, I mean, obviously we do. There's obviously we like- do. But we were, you know, we were saying to our friend the other day, you know, it's, it's really going to take you wherever you need to go, whether that's, you know, first stop, Muffet, um, first stop, um, Miss Piggy Macarena, second stop, um, Orville Peck, Dead of Night. So, you know, it covers a lot of bases, and we love we love to we love to be inclusive of a lot of different um, a lot of different musics. So you will find that there. So yes, that is what I don't agree with um, this week, Lucy, which I think is very sort of apropos of all of the kind of. Um, artistic reviewing we've been doing this episode um but what is your track of the week this week <laughs> um my track of the week uh, is new single from haven't been around for a while um i know you're a fan as well let's eat grandma um so we love let's eat grandma they got some absolute bangers on their first uh really uh, album and uh it's really nice to have them back and their new song is called happy new year so it's obviously a very good one for january it's an absolute bop it's got all the synthy bits you want it's got firework sounds it's about like being in love it's perfect you love it loads it's really nice and i'm really pleased that they're back i know that they've had a rough time because one of theirs partners died um and i think and that's why they have had a long um uh, high sort of break um and they're very young so i think their their one of their boyfriends died age 25 or 6 which is very sad from an illness um so they have had a break and it's kind of like this song feels like it's sort of about their their relationship um maybe you could read that um and it's very nice uh but it's a great song and a good one for january and i'd recommend it a lot so yeah happy new year by let's eat grandma hopefully more to come from them and i would absolutely love to see them live so we, we wish we should do that when when they eventually tour definitely yeah i would love to see them live and funnily enough um we were so we were at the cinema last night uh watching the matrix and we arrived quite early so you know like if you go to the view cinema they just sort of have like the view branding and they just play music for a bit before yeah. the trailers start and so we were just sort of like sat there chatting and stuff and then um it was playing a song and then laura was like oh like what is what's who's who's is this song and I was like oh that's that's BTS and she's like oh yeah yeah like I get that that's BTS now and I was like yeah yeah cool and then she was like oh yeah like BTS is like the most you and I and she was like how would you feel if you were to actually like see BTS live like and I was like okay so if if Lucy and I were to see BTS live I really feel like we would ascend out like our souls would ascend out of our bodies and especially if it was you and I in South Korea seeing BTS live and then and then right right the support (laughs) act the support act is a trolls pop music light show with lasers perfect day doesn't exist oh my god that i i i don't know the i i worry that if ever that was a situation that were to occur uh that that would be the end i mean it'd be a, a great fitting beautiful end but it would be, we would not i mean i personally would not be able to come back from that i wouldn't be able to come back from yeah. even seeing bts in south korea 
let alone a Trolls Lights tour uh, uh, show even. Um, I don't even know if I could survive if I saw BTS uh, themselves. I would I would love that so much. I would love that so much. It'd be so fun. Uh, so maybe, I mean, you know, and it's quite do a doable thing. I reckon, oh, I reckon their, their tickets are spenny though and really hard to get because obviously they are supremo uh, popular. Um, but I just feel like it'd be like such a fun gig. Um, gig, are we saying gig? Show. <laughs> experience 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 yeah i mean we could have like alex chapman on the decks like doing the pop songs and then there's the trolls doing the light shows with all the lasers and then all of them like on a big screen doing this which is obviously my favorite bit of trolls um and i know you can't see this if you're listening but it's like when they put their hands up because they're just like um uh like um like a rave and they're like dancing to house just put one hand up all of them in unison and i just that's where i want to be yeah, I will be I will be cutting that bit of the video <laughs> so everyone can see. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, do that. But I do actually that, will. <laughs> so look forward to that on the TLs, everybody. Um yeah. yeah um, and I want I want that for my own personal collection because that is like one of my favorite things to ever exist. So if you could do that for me, that'd be great. I absolutely can. So we've covered a lot of bases this week, Lucy. I feel like we have been um art and media critics um this episode and I love it when we inhabit that space um because I feel like we deserve to um for no reason and so just to point out we we do it properly unlike all those people who don't do it well so (laughs) yeah and you know if you can't as a Taurus and a Capricorn with their own podcast have supreme confidence that um our opinions are the correct ones then I don't know what's going on um so whilst we (laughs) fantasize about a troll's pop music laser beam light show and try and live our best lives for the rest of January 2022 we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next time bye-bye that had preceded it that would have felt more satisfying I guess yeah no I totally agree um (laughs) (laughs) and I'm bored by it (laughs) Oh, God. Ugh.